In a world of EMS podcasters, EMS Office Hours is the only live podcast bringing you the latest topics and opinions in EMS. Turn down your scanner and turn up your speakers as we join Jim Hoffman and Josh Knapp on their latest EMS podcasting journey. This is Josh Knapp. Josh, how are we doing? Uh, I'm doing good today. Uh, I have no more studying to do for a little while anyway until oh. the next thing. Good, good. I took and passed the that. <clears throat> oh, Dave, uh, uh, not uh, Dave just texted me. He's waiting in the wings. Yeah, I'm going to bring him in. So. Yeah, I'll talk more about that. You know, All right. uh, we'll, we'll give uh, get Dave in here and credit uh, where credit is due. Yeah, let me get Dave in here. I just want to mention, of course, that this episode of EMS Office Hours is sponsored by EMS Manager. Go check out their uh, innovative, easy-to-use EMS employee scheduling and management software. You can go to emsmanager.net to check that out, and I'll talk a little bit about that later on. But I want to get Dave in here. I know he's uh, hanging out here on Skype, so get him in, and we can talk Hello. discussion a little bit. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm well, Jim. How about you? All right. All right. So um, I do want to remind people you can follow uh, me on Twitter at EMS Safe. You can follow Josh on Twitter as well at Wanton New. Uh, both of us are on Twitter. Um, so uh, go uh, go check that out um, on uh, on Twitter. You can follow us there and, and uh, you know, see we're kind of tweeting back and forth. Uh, I've actually haven't been as active on Twitter lately as I should have been. I'm a little bit preoccupied with stuff, but um, trying to get back into the swing of things, you know. Um, so working on that. Uh, what else? What else? Is he rescue humors in the chat tonight, which is cool. Hey, Joe, how you doing? And Tina is there, as always. And so it's John Broyles from Win Unit 801, the webcast. Uh, we'll check them out um, as well. Um, Tonight, guys, I mean, it's pretty much a, a sort of a, a, a laid-back episode. You know, these rapid-fire shows that... Oh, I yeah, real laid-back. Well, I kind of like doing these because we can pretty much talk about anything that's on our minds or stuff that we've seen recently in the news or in Facebook or in EMS forums or something that we've discussed with our partners or students or anything along those lines. I'm um, not sure I want to bring in what I've discussed with my partners. Uh, I'm just saying. One, let me tell you one thing. Something that's that sort of works. You know, listen. I, I send out emails to my mailing list um, uh, usually once a day or, or once every other day. Okay, um, and people can unsubscribe, but they don't like what I'm saying or whatever, and, and you know they don't agree with my points of view or they don't like the content that I'm putting out or whatever. I but, can't, Jim. I've tried to unsubscribe. I can't. I just have to. Well, I have to listen. But here's the thing. I, I did a, I put a, a Monday minutes up. And my Monday minutes that I do is a, um, it's a, uh, a weekly video thing I do every Monday, and it's just a quick little PowerPoint, and I go over, uh, it's just one sort of like short topic about EMS, and uh, you know whatever it is, just something something that I hope that people that can they can use it right away out in the field and kind of apply it to their day to day. Activities. And two weeks ago, I think it was, I, I put something on there about um, patient restraints. And I talked about just some things to kind of keep in mind 
when you are considering restraining a patient or you have to restrain a patient. Um, it's just something that to, to sort of uh, highlight uh, when you're doing it. To kind of sort of like a CYA thing, you know, things that, that are a good idea to kind of uh, uh, you know, document and things like that. And, and the point I'm trying to make right now is that I, I get one guy that unsubscribes, and he says to me that he's unsubscribing because uh, he frankly finds that sort of topic ridiculous and useless. And, you know, it's not applicable to EMS. And that's why he's unsubscribing. And I'm like, well, I, I don't quite understand how that could be useless or ridiculous. I mean, perhaps he's never restrained somebody or feels he doesn't need to have know that information. But to me, you know, restraining a patient in everybody's EMS lifetime comes along where you've got to end up restraining somebody. Whether it's protect them from themselves or protect, you know, you and your partner or, or bystanders, whatever the case may be, you know, sometime along, along the way, somebody ends up getting, you know, having to be restrained. You know, and, and I, I don't know, I just, I just kind of was, was sort of taken sort of uh, uh, blindsided by that comment about how they felt that it was, you know, ridiculous in that, and I, and I actually had, had kind of put that question to my Twitter followers, and they were like, well, if that's the case, and if, it, if somebody thinks that, then there's a, there's a problem. There. Wait, say that entire sentence again, what this person said, because you dropped they out felt, the part. They felt that the subject of restraining patients was, ridic was ridiculous because and useless. That, that, that's all they said. That's what oh, it was. The subject is ridiculous and useless. Yeah, they were like, yeah. no longer, you know, uh, uh, don't want to read your emails, especially with um, uh, useless and ridiculous topics like uh, uh, restraining patients. Was this person suggesting that uh, there's never a need to restrain, or it's uh, just you know what the, the too basic? Is, it, it's, it's just that I guess just what they how they commented the reason why they were you know unsubscribing from the list. And yeah, to me, I mean, you know what? I'd rather they leave if somebody is that has that mentality um, about a, a simple subject like that, where I'm just sort of, you know, you're kind of just trying to to point out some, you know, uh, tips on when you're thinking about doing it, when you do it on on documentation and things that you should think about. Um, you know, for them to to kind of have that attitude, I'd rather not be on my list, quite frankly, because to me, they're not the EMS provider that I want to be sharing my time with and, and my resources with, you know. I don't know, Jim. I think you're taking it too personally. I'll, I, I'm just going to go right. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. I'm, 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 I'm wondering, you know, where that sort of mentality comes from in this. In right, this. but it's like you got to face that type of person with the next mentality, like, okay, that's good. You know, I'm not going to give it anymore. I, I'm. I won't. I don't need to give this any more time. Thank you very much for your. Well, I didn't. I mean, I didn't respond to him. I, I often. I mean, when somebody unsubscribes, I don't say, "Hey, you know, I disagree with your opinion." I don't start going back and forth with them. And they leave. They leave. And you know, they can go ahead and subscribe to somebody else's list or, or you know, whatever they want to do. I, I, it doesn't matter to me. But um, like I said, I just sort of. Uh, I just wonder, because I start to wonder, like, how many other people out there, not necessarily people that are on my mailing list, but other 
man lists and other groups and stuff. Like, what? How many of them sort of have that same mentality, and how does that reflect on us as a profession to have that mentality that oh, you know, that's nothing that I really need to worry about? Wow, that is one of the most dangerous times in an EMS person's career is when they restrain somebody, and the documentation right. is is everything. I mean, we restrain only only when we have to and it should be crystal clear in our reports because if you got somebody who needed to be restrained you did something they didn't want to do and that more than anything needs documentation it needs to be crystal clear for everybody and you know it's this person's loss i mean obviously you hit a nerve Who knows how they interpreted what you you know the simple yeah. thing you said sometimes i wonder if they if they read the entire email or if they actually go watch the the video you know, and they just sort of have a knee-jerk reaction, which could have well, very well been the case, you know, that um, but that could have been it too, but they didn't read the entire email or they, oh, they didn't go watch the video and see what it was about, you know, just sort of felt that that, that title was not worth their time, I guess. Um, but just I just found it interesting and I just started wondering, like, I wonder how many other people out there are sort of thinking you know, a woman with lines, and not just about that topic, but a lot of topics that come up in EMF. How many people are sitting there wondering or, or having this opinion that this this content, uh, whether it's very basic or whether it's more advanced, um, or even things we talk about on the show here, like... 20%. You think that, 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 that there's a percentage, you know, I that think don't that care or, or just I feel it's just not worth their time? No, and, I think it, the 80-20 rule applies to a lot of things in EMS, and it also applies to people's attitudes. Right. And, you know, I mean, listen, you've heard me bitch about this. How many times have I, uh, when, and especially in the early days when I'd roll out the wrench and, you know, I'd say, hey, you know what, this is lightweight, it's metal, you can't really get much in metal anymore. And some idiot's going to say, oh, I use my Ford key, or I use the crack in the door, or I use the stair chair. Yeah. You know, I mean, right, yeah, right. okay, that's great, but, I you know. know. It's a, like you said, it's that they can't. What, what's the constructive input with that, you know? Yeah. And, and if you can't, you know, and think about it, so many times, you know, people are going to say, uh, when you do something, you know, I put a nasal cannula on them instead of a non-rebreather, or I put, you know, I, I dropped a, a, a 20 gauge, you know, why didn't you do an 18 or a 16? And people are just going to, you know, double think and armchair quarterback everything you do. And I think that, you know, if you sort of step back, you, you find that probably about 20% of the people come back to you and say, yeah. Have something negative or non-constructive to add to it because yeah. I just got to show you how smart I am. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I want to bring um, Joe in here. He's in, he's in the queue. I see John in there too. We'll get John um, to join us a little bit as well. Um, Joe, you there? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> hey, Joe. How you doing? Not too bad. How are you doing tonight? All right. All right. Thanks for calling in. Uh, any comments or thoughts on any of this? Or, Well, uh, as you know, I started my career in law enforcement, so i got to yeah. say, going back to the idea of restraints, you know, that's just a, a straight-up safety issue. And, and you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in 
kind of some of that 80-20 rule you guys were talking about, and you have a lot of folks out there who have the, well, this never happens here mentality. Mm. Because they've never had a combative person, they've never had somebody with excited delirium, they've never had somebody who is, you know, high as a kite. That must never happen in my small town, in my community, and in, in whatever. But right, uh, you know, that that seems to be worse. And I'm sure with, so, in the law enforcement end of it, I'm sure you you know, you have a certain level of documentation when you have to restrain, you know, somebody, you know, as well. I mean, it, it's. You know, because it ends up being a dangerous situation. I mean, you talk about something like a side delirium where, you know, if you don't recognize that, um, you know, they could die, you know. Yeah. And, and, and there's videos out there showing that, you know, that they, they get restrained. And if you're not documenting appropriately what you're doing and why and things like that, it can come back to really haunt you. Well, yeah, you know, God forbid the person gets a, a minor injury. Is yeah. that injury a situation of the restraining or is that an injury a pre pre existing condition. So yeah, we have to dive right. into everything to show how we did or did not touch this person to prove or disprove whether it was a, a pre existing condition or if, if we exaggerated an injury that was already existing. Well Joe, aren't there also protocols also within law enforcement that under certain circumstances you uh, it's not a matter of if you uh, restrain somebody, but you must. I mean, you place somebody under arrest, they must be under handcuffs, whether you want to or not. I mean, because you can yeah. get dinged for not doing it. Yeah. So there's I mean, a yeah, certain but, aspect but, but. of there's a certain aspect of LE that sort of wraps around some sort of protection for the uh, for the responder. You know, I mean, just to clarify here, in New York City, in the protocols here, we're, unless we're in immediate threat or your partner's in immediate threat, you're not allowed to restrain somebody. The only th uh, if you want somebody restrained, you have to call a officer, and they have to restrain them, and then only if they ask for assistance can you, uh, can you restrain somebody. Now, that's not exactly how it goes down all the time, but I think that, you know, goes back to what Jim was saying with paperwork and documentation. Guys, well, I, what I, I think remember. Yeah, I'm sorry, Joe. I was just going to say, I, I think what we've got to remember sometimes, too, is the fact that we've got, you know, a, a lot of our policy is guidelines. Policy is written for that perfect world situation, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a very dynamic environment. And sometimes the rules got to get bent a little bit. It's just as long as we're not breaking the, the rules off, just a little bit of bending, um, as long as we're following you know, the, the, the heart of the rule, not the letter of it, is my thought. Yours? Mm. Yeah, I see what you're saying with that. You know, I think part of this 80-20 thing, too, is that I think 20% of the people out there that that, uh, like I was saying, like read my emails or, or read things like that, even policies, that they they sort of read the parts that they want to look at and don't think about the entire thing. I mean, there's a website out there called thecops.net, and they have it's sort of a, of a you know spoof website on public safety, and they, they post articles there, and you see the article on Facebook, and people don't read the full article. Well, they totally think that the entire thing is, is uh, true, and they run with it. You know, they're not reading the entire thing. And I think in a case like this, you know, sometimes that's what happens. I think people don't read 
everything and make sort of that informed uh, commentary on what it is that they, they're trying to talk about. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Dave, you know, you're sort of quiet hanging in the back here. I know you're listening. I am. Um, you know, from an instructor's point of view, and when you, you know, taught, um, you know, you've seen a lot of courses taught. How much time do they spend? Because I don't remember any time being spent about restraint. Really? Okay. Uh, under behavioral emergencies, that's where you'll find uh, restraint being taught, uh, providing, of course, the uh, person teaching the class is diligent. It belongs there. You know, there are, there's a place to do it. And uh, that's where I do it. And uh, only because it makes sense, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And and you're right. They tell you it would be really good if you could have a peace officer with you. And uh, from my point of view, I if there's somebody else there who is in their job description to protect these people from themselves or or protect them from hurting others, I'm going to let them do that. Now, having said that, have I ever had to restrain somebody? You bet. You bet. And, you know, those are the situations, Some, you know, I found about three-quarters of those situations, if, again, you know, me stuck on numbers, got to throw something out there. But, you know, the majority of those situations sort of build to this point where you have a conversation, you're trying to get compliance, you're trying to get this person to, you know, work with you, quote-unquote. But within that time period, I'm usually, I've usually already called for another unit for assistance because, uh, you know, that's the one thing that uh, I really, really sets my hair on the back of my neck, you know, straight up is when you're, you're, it's only you and your partner and you've got an unpredictable patient because, you know, really truly, even when you discuss restraint in some other forums and stuff, they talk about four people, five people working to restrain one person. And I think safely, you really have a level of overpowering, you know, uh, uh, strength on your side. Right. For right. It, 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 it's not meant to be a fair fight. Exactly. Yeah. It shouldn't be close. It uh, shouldn't be close. Being overwhelmed is a lot better than a, than a, uh, a near, a near, you know, oh, man, I just won that one. Woo! Right. Right. You don't want to close call when it comes to this sort of thing. For both, you know, because think of it, the, if, if, you know, your patient can struggle, they have a greater chance of injuring themselves as you. Yeah. Let me, um, I want to bring John Broyles in. He's, he's been hanging on in the, on the, the, uh, John. the queue just to sort of maybe get his take on a little bit, um, his point of view on it. Hey, John, can you hear me? I can hear you, Jim. Uh, All right. All right. Now, that's your, let's that's see. So far in the last five minutes, I've learned more about restraining patients than I ever did in 91 Bravo School, than I have in my basic class or any of the one, two, three intermediate classes that I've tried to take. Hey, well, when you were in the, in the military end of it, John, did, is, there, is there ever times where you have to restrain somebody? And do you, yeah. was there a policy in place for that uh, on what to do um, or...? or? sort of like, you know, I'm not okay. kind of winging it. Because every, every unit is different, I'm not going to 
say one thing and say that it's blanket for the whole army because then I would end up uh, shooting myself in the foot. Mm-hmm. But, see, I'm, and I'm trying to remember what our unit's SOP was about it. Uh, I think we ended up having to have about three or four people to actually restrain a patient, if I'm remembering it correctly. Was that for a safety reason, or was it because they were trying to, for documentation, you think, or, or, you ever see those, those prison shows where they, where they, they have to restrain a prisoner, and you got one guy that's videotaping the whole thing to sort of cover everybody, and then, and, you know, somebody else is kind of there for medical reasons, and it's like, it's a whole thing. It's not just, you know, grab the guy and throw him to the ground. It's like, it's a whole thing that's involved with, yeah. with, with restraining somebody like that. But I will say, Jim, uh, here in the uh, spacious One Union 801 studios that are right across the hall from you, um, yeah. sitting eight feet to my right, I do have a subject matter expert on that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, Dee could teach me a whole bunch about it because in her... Spent time in, spent time in lockdown? No, actually, she, on the, um, she worked in a uh, rehab center. And she actually had, I believe she actually had to do some restraining. Well, you know, but we're not, you know, listen, when you talk about, I have, my brother worked at a a facility that was either nursing slash rehab. Uh, A friend of mine who's a school teacher worked there. And, uh, you know, these are stories that we shared when I, early on, and they have a very, I mean, you talk about suggestions and guidelines, like Joe said, you know, I mean, they had an absolute must-follow procedure and protocol that you could uh-huh. not bend. And, and you know, that's also a much more controlled situation. Yeah, we don't really, a lot of us don't have that in the field, I think, and I think we're going back to something that Joe was talking about, is you've got the sort of the guideline. And then when you're in the moment and you've got that issue in, at hand with either the patient's trying to harm you or harm themselves or something like that, it's sort of like this, you know, it's an it's a, it's a ever-changing situation. And so long as you, I guess, like Joe said, you're sticking to the heart of the, you know, of, of the rule, you know, um, is what you end up trying to do. You know, because you because you're trying you're worried about your safety. You worry about other people's safety. Oh yeah, because um, what I do know one phrase that I've always used when I was teaching a good a dead medic or a dead EMT is the same as what? No EMT. Bingo. And not yeah. to complete and not to completely derail your topic there, Jim. But I have to uh, relay something that I saw this morning that was a little disturbing to me. All right. And, what is it? And uh, well, I think somebody needs to have have some cake and ice cream in front of them. That's all I can say on that one. Uh, uh, I got you. Well, yeah, today is my birthday. <laughs> this is true. That was the actual thirty-nine. Thirty-nine years old. So, and staying that way. Yeah, thirty-nine years old for nine years in a row. So. <laughs> You're spending, you're, spending, you're, you're, the, you're spending the night with your friend Jack and yeah. other friend Jim. Yeah. yeah. I'm spending my night doing EMS office hours. What do you mean? I'm dead, I am dedicated. 
okay, to this podcast, all right? I could be out there having ice cream cake and all kinds of good stuff. It's all right, Jim, because, you know, I'm I'm, uh, 21 for the uh, 22nd time, so. Oh, (laughs) I haven't even been on anything to to even thank anybody for any birthday wishes today, to be honest with you. I I know that I've gotten some stuff on Facebook. I have to go on there and say thanks. Let them accumulate. Let them accumulate. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, you know, did you see that article that I posted on my page today, Jim, about the ambulance getting the boot? What? Did you see that? Uh, well, you weren't on Facebook, so you probably no. didn't. Not, I did. This isn't, this I saw isn't, that, though, Josh. This isn't an old one, though, Josh. No, brand new. Just happened. It was in the papers uh, yesterday, and uh, I, I po- uh, published it today. Or is it in the papers this morning and I published it today? I don't know. You know, I get up, I'm a little blurry. Yeah. But I try to, I try to put this stuff out there so people see. Um, it, uh, it happened with one of the Brooklyn units, a Brooklyn volunteer agency. Um, uh, they apparently had some outstanding summonses on some of their other non-essential vehicles which I was sort of impressed that they had other non-essential vehicles. But so the city sheriff decided to, uh, or the Department of Finance or whoever ran those guys, decided to boot their ambulance. And I'm just, just got to sit there and pause and say, WTF, you know, like, what, do, do they even understand? Is, there, is this something that's indicative of a larger problem? That kind of reminds me of what happened in New Orleans a year or so ago. What were you going to say, Dave? I said they probably thought it was funny. They probably ticketed it, took a picture, and uh, posted it on their Facebook page. And if if it's found, they'll be fired. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, it's one of those career-ending moves, if that were the case. But the way I read the article, it didn't sound like that. It sounded like, you know, these guys thought that they were... uh, they thought they were being they they booted and ticketed the car. Yeah, was it part oh, ambulance? Yeah, and and it was just slightly. I mean, it was illegally parked uh, in a non-emergency. No, it was, it was it parked in Bloomingdale's like you know for fifteen hours or outstanding summonses on the same owner, which is the ambulance service. Oh, right. Oh, they had a warrant. Well. Not for an ambulance. Right. And they took it off right away, you know, and they're backtracking it. And they say uh, the vehicle markings, I'll read right here, the vehicle markings as a volunteer ambulance raised the question as to whether it was in fact defined as an emergency vehicle. Now, I guess that means that the, uh, the, the big fancy lights on the outside and the big box and the parts that goes woo-woo and ambulance written on the front didn't have any of that. You know, uh-huh. didn't ring that bell. Um, they say, regrettably, the booting of the vehicle turned out to be inappropriate. Yeah. Thank. But I, I just wonder if this is just a larger thing referring back to, you know, I, I sort of think, and I'm going to tie this all back together to things we've talked about in the past, but this has to deal with this whole professionalism and respect thing because, if you know, we just pointed out, a couple of other agencies that deal with restraining patients, and they don't seem to have half the problem 
that we do with, you know, if you think about it, how many people get arrested every day? And how often do you hear of somebody who was illegally arrested? You know, once or, you know, a few times a year for sure, you definitely hear about that. But for the majority of the, you know, millions of people that get arrested, you really don't hear that, you know. Hmm. And they were restrained. Well, am I still on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're like, okay. you know. Just wanted to make sure. You know, do you remember a few months back? Your ID card. Uh, Kelly Grayson there. wrote an article on EMS One, I believe it was. It said that uh, EMS is the the low information voters. Yeah. Do you remember that article? I yeah, think we, we kind of yeah, extrapolate that, that all of public safety. Hmm. You know, you th think about it. H how many police officers, sheriff's deputies, and I can say this from having spent, you know, 14 years as a Leo, um, how many firefighters, how many other people in public safety, again, don't go for all the information. They see the vehicle. They see that there's a warrant for any vehicle for that company, and they just go and put a boot on it. And then later on, you know, the brain catches up with the rest of the, the mind and realizes, what the hell is I thinking? This is an emergency vehicle, and now they're backpedaling. It's, I, I think we're all guilty. Every service, we're all guilty of it. And I don't know what the answer well, is, I, think I don't that, know what my point I, was, so I'm going to shut up know, now. Well, I think you were being in defense of Leo's, Joe. I, I, you know, I, I know that that tends to be a little bit of a tender spot in your heart. But, um, you know, and, and Dave said something last week, uh, or was it two weeks ago, about a posting that really got him under the collar because they were showing, what was it, that woman who could uh, yes. crazy on drugs, could have been, but everybody immediately jumped to conclusions from a picture. And, you know, as you rattle off a half a dozen medical problems she could have been having at the same time. Right. Now, and even if she was crazy on drugs, right, even if she was, as she, she couldn't muster a coordinated step, and she ended up handcuffed with her hands behind her back. She couldn't stand up. It took God knows how long to put her on a stretcher. And they handcuffed her behind her back and lie her on her back. You know, I think, I think somebody made a mistake there. Yeah. That's part of what, that was part of what I had put out uh, during that short video I did. I talked a little bit about that, you know, the positioning of the patient on the stretcher, you know, is, is important, just as important as, as understanding, um, you know, the, the, that restraint. I mean, I don't want to make this, this whole show about restraining patients either. I mean, you know, it's pretty much about anything. I, I kind of, like I said, I had brought that up more because of, I guess, sort of like what Joe was talking about, the, the low information, you know, uh, uh, voters of healthcare is this whole thing of, of people that uh, uh, look at information that's out there, um, don't read it all, or or you know don't want to read it all, and then start spewing uh, comments and opinions to their coworkers and on blogs and Facebook and, and things like that, you know uh, without understanding uh, the entire content that was meant to be. You know, put out whether you agree with it or not is fine, but it's just a matter of, of you know before you make an opinion and before you decide if you agree or disagree, at least read the entire thing. You know, so um, 
mean, that's that's my main main thing with that is, is to you know you uh, you agree with with something like that with training restraining patients restraining patients or you disagree with um, you know uh, uh, other things that we do or, or don't do at least you know read the information first before you start making an opinion. Don't base it on just your your own little world like Dave was saying. You know. It, yeah, it judge first. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, I was just being quippy. Unusual. He quips a lot, it goes, Joe. It, it does. It does. Well, you know, I usually don't get to listen to the show till Wednesday, so it's, it's an odd night I get to call in tonight. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, I think it goes back to what you had commented about before about that, that humor website, Call the Cops, and right. how people get mad about that. But it's considered the source. You know, I know a couple right. of people on here are, are skills instructors, such as myself, and you get students who come to you and say, this is the way it's done because they read it online, and where'd they get this from? You know, right. com. and I'm not knocking bloggers because we're all bloggers, but, you know, we've got some people out there who throw up a blog who are idiots, who probably have never actually worked on an ambulance, never worked in a, a police department. Yeah, but I uh, I think I'm going to have to jump off the call here. I, I hear one of my kids uh, crying. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. off the mic. So I have to restrain them. Daddy will, uh, to the rescue. <laughs> Daddy to the rescue. No I will, uh, Listen no to the rest babe, of the show Joe. later. No baby. All right, Joe. Have a good one. So long. Uh, right, I, you know what I want to do real quick. Um, I just want. I think I think Tim's on the line with us too. Let's see, get maybe get him in here a little bit. Um, get his opinion on some of this stuff, too. Tim, are you there with us? I know you've been on for a few minutes. Hello. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Hey, Tim. Pretty good. How you been? Hey, Josh. All right. So, Tim, are you, are you listening to any of this? I mean, I, I think, I mean, we talk about a lot about restraining patients, but I think that the other thing that we're also trying to kind of hammer at home tonight is this, uh, what seems to be how people, uh, uh, you know, there's 20% or maybe even higher than that of EMS providers who don't read the entire, um, you know, uh, 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 picture, whether it's an email they get from someone like me or an article they read or in, and even things like, especially things like your blog, Tim, where you get people who will immediately take offense and, and whatnot to something you're writing and disagree with you without reading the entire thread, you know, sometimes you'll have one or two, three, even three parts of a, of a you know, of, of blog posting that you do on a topic, and they won't go back and read, let's say, part one, and just start commenting on bits and pieces of what it is that you wrote, you know. Hey, if I can take it out of context, then it's damn well fair game. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. That is the approach of a lot of people. I don't see any reason to limit it to EMS, though. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. You that's, look that's, that's at, a good point. Yeah, yeah, you look at anything. Look at the stuff that uh, is sent around by people as email forwards. If you don't forward this, uh, such and such will happen. Or uh, look what certain famous person is doing, and these are things that... Um, I used to get all the time. Now uh, Gmail seems to have uh, picked up on which ones I want to go straight to the spam folder because it doesn't matter who it's from. It's spam. Does it scare you at all that Gmail knows a little bit more of what you're thinking? Oh, my God. 
Uh, it's their computer algorithms. They already know more about me than I'm comfortable with. Yeah, exactly. uh, but there's not much. And there's not much I can do about it without going to burner phones and uh, you know living right. as part of uh, the underground. Hey, listen, I only do that when I'm cooking. Well, you know, it's funny that you know you do the you do the Google okay, Plus man. stuff, and I know they're really following you then. But you know, I like to, I I just try to embrace it, let them know let them know whatever they want to know. I, I'm not trying to hide anything. Yeah, you know, I figure but one day is, they'll start paying me for it. That's yeah. part of what I started my blog for. We have the same thing with. Uh, medical directors, nurses, paramedics, everybody out there uh, thinks they know what's a good EMS protocol or a good way to run EMS, and they haven't thought things all the way through. When I went, uh, when I was part of a protocol committee, I used to go there and say, you know, have you read this protocol that you guys put together? It doesn't make sense, and you know, they need to change things like. It would start off saying, under no circumstances may you push two drugs without calling for medical command permission first. And your cardiac arrest protocol would say, okay, start out with oxygen, then give epi, then give atropine, and, you know, you're not supposed to call for that. Like, okay, how right. is this a good idea for cardiac arrest but not a good idea for somebody who's actually alive and trying to die when you have treatments <laughs> like nitroglycerin and oxygen, because oxygen is a drug. I mean, even yeah. doctors know that. Um, it's, it's we, true, it, don't I don't know about what the what answer is, but I, I, I like the fact, you know, Tim, that that I like when you on your, on your blog too. Like I know recently you had the whole thing with gatchapine, and people were commenting, and you were sort of making individual blog posts based on their comments, which I thought was really um, interesting, you know, to do and to, and to kind of focus on, uh, you know, one person's sort of point of view based on what they're reading, you know, on your blog. So I thought it was good how you did that. I think it, it engages people, and makes them sort of the other people want to go ahead and read all the other stuff that you have, you know what I mean? Also, the questions were good, and I felt like, okay, this is not something that I want to become something, something that is really long in the comments, and basically people will just skip over, or yeah. if they go through the page and read post by post, you know, don't click on each individual one. They don't see the comments. They never get uh, treated. You know, they make a point, and uh, it's not whether I disagree with it, but uh, point out uh, other ways of thinking about it because it's something that we got added into the protocols, into the ACLS guidelines without good reason. And then it was taken away for uh, essentially no change in information. And it's not the way we should go about doing things, but too much of ACLS is done that way. And people insist that we have to give up because it improves improves uh, return of spontaneous circulation. You know, it's like okay, you got a pulse back, but why aren't 
more people leaving the hospital after epinephrine than are leaving after not receiving epinephrine, even after you adjust for the things that, uh, you know, the benefit of the quick resuscitation, you know, you shock them right away. You never got to the point of the protocol where they would receive epinephrine. If you adjust for that, you still don't have more people leaving the hospital when they get up, and nobody wants to study it. Dr. Jacobson in Australia did. He did a great job of putting together a study, but the politicians and uh, the media got together and said, oh, you'd be depriving people of the standard of care. This is bad. And they got 90% of the patients basically removed from the um, study. And most of the larger sites dropped out, so their patients weren't included. It was supposed to have, I think, 5,000 patients, and they ended up with about 500. Hmm. Did they get any definitive results from the 500? No, it's too small a number to provide that kind of difference in survival to discharge. There no. were differences, but nothing was statistically significant because the numbers were too small. 500 is the number of patients treated, and out of that, they had less than 5% of discharge. So, you know, that's not a lot of people. Dave? Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me, um, for those of you who were around then, I think we all were. Do you remember when amiodarone came out? Amiodarone yes. is a brilliantly marketed uh, pharmaceutical. They said, they said in their studies that it will, actually they marketed it with like, it looked like a, a movie ticket admission. It says it will give you an admission. It will give you an admission to your hospital. We will get a return of spontaneous circulation. And you know what they compared it to? Much better than the control group. You know what was in the control group? Uh, what, lidocaine. I'll get ready. An equal amount of saline. It was not lidocaine. There was no way they were going to do lidocaine when lidocaine was dirt cheap. Imagine if they were wrong. All right. So they advertised it as a, just a... So a for better than nothing, this drug has some sort of effect at, at a um, well, this a, a ROS. Their, their statistics were the same on... on um, um, leaving the hospital. Everybody same left at the in the eternal care unit with the same amount, you know, if they had amiodarone or if they had saline. There was no significant difference. Now having said that, there is this part of me that has what my friends would call Vulcan logic. If you don't get a pulse back, you're not going to save the person. So the idea is that if you can get a pulse back, maybe medicine will move along and figure out what to do with this post-cardiac arrest pulse. Uh, because well, if I you don't get the pulse back, you got nothing. You got a dead I think pulse. we're on our way with that, you know, with this cooling protocols that are coming out and being more widely adapted. I mean, there's definitely a, a, a big show of people who are not only having ROS, but they're, they're returning to useful lives afterwards. A lot less neuro uh, damage going on. Sure. Sure. But that's a different outcome. And maybe it's just the that it's a The outcome of getting a pulse back 
Yeah, the outcome of getting a pulse back is not a meaningful outcome unless you can show that that leads to more survival to discharge from the hospital. Amiodarone hasn't been able to show that. Epinephrine hasn't been able to show that. Bicarb hasn't been able to show it. Calcium hasn't been able to show it. Bretillium Electrocillin shows it. it. Electricity compressions. And that's it. So, and after resuscitation, uh, therapeutic hypothermia improves outcomes. Right. After resuscitation. Hmm. Although I'd love to see a study out there that 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 questions whether or not um, uh, that the cooling protocols um, actually help in in return of circulation. Is there is there something to be said, you know, for the amount of cooling that gets circulated in the heart right away? It's um, been looked at, but I don't think there are any survival studies yet. Otherwise, we'd be taking people and dropping them into ice buckets and delivering them to the hospital as they are. Yeah. Hey, Jim, you were uh, you sort of uh, tickled me before. Uh, you got something you need to do here? Well, I wanted to just uh, just you know, Dave mentioned you know in a chat before. Um, with me, prior to with me, the, the, the show is flying by, and, and it's hard sometimes, I guess, during the show, you get into these discussions to stay on task. But uh, a little late, but I do want to go ahead and talk about the sponsor, um, because we do appreciate the EMS manager, and they are sponsoring this episode of EMS Office Hours. Uh, they've been consistently helping EMS agencies save time and energy with their innovative web-based software for staff scheduling and management. They have a web uh, app going on, and it, you can get it from any smartphone or other mobile devices. It's very easy to use web interface. You can get it from anywhere on the World Wide Web, and you can check your own schedule and managers and staff can actually oversee, manage, or even make changes to employee schedules from anywhere. And actually, uh, Anne Fry Blank, who is a system administrator from Hartford Fire and Rescue uh, in Hartford, Wisconsin, gave some feedback about uh, EMS Manager when, when they started using it and, and said that the system had saved her numerous hours and that they now they don't have to spend any time calling members or uh, in order to try to help fill open hours on the schedule and that she swears by EMS Manager and would never use anything else. But that's a pretty cool uh, testimonial there. And, and, you know, it is affordable, okay? It's pricing for EMS Manager. It's based on the size of the organization, so and, and that's mainly because it's web-based, so your employee schedule and software is located up in the cloud, and that means there's no additional IT costs you're going to have to worry about. And it's always free training, free tech support, free system software updates. So listen, if you want to get this for your system, you can go check out a free customizable trial of EMS Manager. It's over at emsmanager.net. Um, of course, I want to thank them for sponsoring EMS Office Hours and the other shows from the ProMed Network. EMS Manager is proud to support EMS providers and managers through the sponsorship and support of everything we do here. So go show your support for them, guys. Take a few minutes and sign up. Okay, go get it. It's a free trial. It's at emsmanager.net. Show them that you appreciate their support by trying out the software. Give EMS Manager a shot. It's over at emsmanager.net. It's for a lab text EMS Manager for online 
employee scheduling and workforce management. And of course, if you go sign up, make sure you tell them that Jim and Josh sent you from EMS office hours. So, very nice. Yeah, listen, I, I I appreciate them, you know, sponsoring us. It's a, it's a good good product, and uh, they're well. And we do hear us. back when people say yeah, we sent absolutely. them. So you know, that's yeah, absolutely, should absolutely. do that. Yeah, it's always good to you know um, show our support for them. You know, because they they really we're showing do. their support for us. Yeah, you can pretty much visit a lot of the blogs out there. You know, they're supporting most of the bloggers, even if it's not a podcast. They're supporting the blogs themselves. You know, they they believe in this sort of medium beyond just the the magazines and, and things. You know, they're sort of trying to support also this this medium where we're talking. You know, people like Tim have you know the the blog that he's got and 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 uh, you know John's John's webcast and and ours. Uh, you know, our podcast and whatnot, Jamie Davis, and so it's 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 good stuff. You know, it's good that they support this level of uh, interaction that we try to do. You know, with with the other EMS providers out there. So. Well, they can only win by a better uh, and tighter EMS and a, a more right. coordinated yeah. uh, body of EMS. I mean, Absolutely. Can, can you imagine if you could actually just register in one area and then just pick up? slots wherever you wanted, you know, wherever yeah. there was a free and available space. So EMS was sort of run by one one overall group anywhere. And you didn't have to take 50 tests to work in 50 states. Yeah, I know. And some people, some people are going to go, oh, well, it's the national. Yeah, well, the national, I think, only substitutes a few states. And I think that uh, for the rest, you still have to take the state exam. And and they the national basically gets you reciprocity, but not uh, full blown entry. Yeah, I think it depends upon the the state and and you know well you know we talked about this I think last week week before about about that and I mean some states that don't even you know want to take it now because of the whole accreditation thing you know. Because it's costing their the training institutes money to to do it, which is you know kind of sickening in and of its, its own merits, I guess. Um, yeah. So Tim, um, are you still with us? I want to ask you about the. Uh, I want to see about the the Google Plus. I see you you post a lot of your stuff there, and and then I like to try to get you some more interaction there because I think Google Plus is really a good way to to kind of communicate. Um, this uh, outside of Facebook. To me, Facebook is good, and, and you get some social media traction there. But I think that the Google Plus platform is really more for the engagement, I think, that you're trying to do. I think even the engagement we're trying to do here on the show, and I want to try to do more engagement with Google, um, you know, with EMS. I think there's a, 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 a different type of audience you reach. Through that, um, so you you are you Rogue Medic Tim on on Google Plus or is uh, are you under your yep. regular name? I forget. You uh, are right. Yeah, Rogue actually, uh, it's under Tim Noonan. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try to get. I'm going to that Yeah, I already had the account set up uh, under RogueMedicBlog.com, which is okay. the email. So. Okay. Um, 
That's the yeah, way we set up. No big deal. It's just a way of getting more people to see the blog post. Uh, I don't find that I necessarily have the time to keep up with it's hard. Uh, all the people are linking to. Yeah, yeah it's, hard. it's hard between... I find it hard to, to bounce back and forth between, you know, Facebook and Google and the blog and, and um, you know, Twitter and stuff, and, and it, it, it becomes a sort of own almost job to, to keep on top of all of it. But um, I try to use certain content for certain platforms, but I do find the Google platform a little bit, I get a little bit of a different audience there. People, I think, are more, more uh, um, uh, apt to sort of interact um, with you there, so um, we should actually we should probably get together on, on there and do a do a hangout and talk about some of the stuff that we talk about here on the show. Uh, do a sort of a video. I'll thing. have to figure out how to use it. Yeah, no. I, I think I might have used that once on uh, EMS Garage. Was, yeah, I was going to say I thought I saw you on EMS Garage with that. So um, we'll have but to figure out how to do that. I, I'm not really okay. sure how I got on that. <laughs> I remember seeing I was on there. Having I was like, a oh, lot of problems with. Well, I was having a lot of problems with my computer and ended up using my phone. And oh, when it's okay. on the phone, it's difficult to tell what I'm using oh, yeah. to connect. Right, right. Yeah, you don't get that. Yeah, you don't get sort of that. Um, yeah, that feedback on that. All right. Um, I, so I ended up downloading a few things, rebooting, and and then it's like, okay, what am I doing now? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what, I like the Google Hangouts. Um, I like using them, uh, but there is a little bit of a learning curve uh, with it and making sure you have all the plugins and all that good stuff. But I think once you get it up there, uh, it, it can uh, be pretty beneficial. And I like the, the EMS Garage episode when he did that, when he did that uh, using the Hangouts. It was pretty cool watching Chris and you guys uh, yeah. on do that. To have to have a video of my forehead. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah, I always find myself I'm too close to the screen. With the, with the, the Google Plus, I got to figure that out myself with that. Um, so, Josh, uh, anything else you want to try to uh, uh, cover? We got about maybe five minutes. Um, any of the topics that uh, sort of uh, uh, got you fancy, you or Dave? Anything else you guys want to try to jump on real quick the next five minutes or so before we head on out? Or I just had that. That little bit that I had seen uh, with the ambulance boot, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of that conspiracy theorist. I know that this is larger, a larger issue that faces right. faces EMS, you know. But I think that we've touched that, and we'll touch it again. Yeah, I think that's a, it is a symptom. I mean, I actually know a guy that um, uh, he, he parked a fly car um, in a spot and and got a ticket because it was parked, and you know. Uh, I guess you know the, the meter. The meter ran out. They gave him a ticket. Um, you know, even a you know emergency vehicle fly car. They gave him. A ticket. I mean, I guess you know legally it's 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 right, but I mean, there's got to be some sort of you know, professional well, courtesy. In New York that. State, do emergency plates exempt you from uh, the parking limit laws? I, I don't think it does. It does. It does. Yeah, it doesn't, Tim. I, I'm just thinking along the lines of, listen, I'm, I'm a ticket guy, and I see an emergency vehicle parked here. You know, should you know, it's sort of like this, just I guess, some kind of courtesy that they expect if you went to their house and they want to go to a certain hospital or want certain things done. 
you know, or somebody's but if call. But the problem is it. that the law, if the law says that you may not park beyond uh, the time on the meter, even with an emergency plate, the problem is with the law, not with the individual who's following the law and ticketing you. They may be following what their boss is telling them to do. They may yeah, say, hey, we're cracking down on this because it's becoming a problem in this area, and that might be around the hospital. I think, you know it, what? It could yeah, be, and that could, be, that could be, be part of it. I mean, it could be that it might be out of their hands, and maybe they're getting pressure from their bosses. I don't think that, Jim. I don't think it's that way around. I think they're more individual than boss-based because, and I'm just saying that because I think that if it was management-based, where they said, listen, no tolerance for anybody. If they're over the limit, they're over the limit. I mm -hmm. think you would see a lot more summonses put out, whereas I think that the rarity of these summonses make it something, an item of note. You know, hey, look. You How know, do you know that they're rare? I mean, well, okay, Tim, that's anecdotal, but at the same time, I, I, I've been around for enough years, and I've been on the EMS deck, and I talk to enough crews, and I hear the stories when a crew gets a ticket that, you know, hey, did you hear last week this crew got a ticket? that I think that you'd hear much more often uh, if it if it happened. Well, I don't think they're giving it to... Or you might not hear it at all because... I think the ambulances, though, Josh, are more often. The ambulances, are, I think, are rare, though. They're not really giving them to, to, to ambulances. I think it's more the people who have, you know, fly cars and, and things like that. I mean, you know... I don't think it happens that well. You know, if you have lights and sirens and they're, they're you know, you have uh, markings all over your vehicle, I think that you're pretty exempt. Now, with that said, I've seen... All that matters is what's ticket. on the plate. Is it an emergency plate, and what does the emergency plate entitle you to do? Well, yeah, you're saying, I mean, there are people, Josh, too, that... Well, there are people, Josh, too, that don't have emergency plates that have, you know, the, the vehicle did up and try to get away with stuff. And that I can see. Yeah, but those are rare as well because if you don't have a, if you don't have plates to match the vehicle, you're pretty assured of getting pulled over and ticketed. I mean, that's, you know, you can buff out your vehicle all you want and they're going to go, what the hell are you doing? I mean, yeah. they, they give you a pass if you're a first responder a, a lot of times. You know, there's there's a wide range, but you know, you see what happens when people get out of hand, and then all of a sudden they're given uh, they're given uh, tickets. I mean, they were doing this uh, with people who were making up their own parking placards. You know, and it could be that management wants people to get ticketed for this, and most of the employees are saying, "No, we're not going to do it," and it's only the occasional employee who's actually following the law who's ticketing well, uh, fly cars yeah. and ambulances. Well, we don't case. really know without information. That's, Speculating that's, about what's going on and claiming some conspiracy theory is... Stop speculating. There's merit to that statement, Tim, although there's also enough antidotal evidence, again, to say when these vehicles are given tickets, they're dismissed or taken aback. And that I've seen as well. So fly cars that have gotten vehicles... Okay, uh, the judge can dismiss pretty much anything uh, as long as there isn't a minimum sentence required for... I haven't uh, seen these go to a judge. To it is, that comes before him. And the judge can say, okay, um, did you do this? Are you going to do it again? 
case dismissed. Or he can say, are you sorry, or, you know, what's the problem here, and just decide that it's not a law that he wants to enforce. Judges can do that. And if they're elected, they have to deal with the electorate. If they're appointed, they have to answer to somebody above. But the people on the ground floor, the people who are writing the summonses, don't have that option. They have a pretty strict sense of uh, a set of rules as well. And so if for the majority of these vehicles they don't get summonses and once in a while they do, you can be pretty assured that the law is out there written in such a way where you can summons these vehicles and it's a professional courtesy or it's an intercity departmental communication that works that says don't summons these vehicles. Well, professional courtesy is just another word for corruption. So are we saying that they're not being corrupt enough in letting us get away with breaking the law? I like And that you're upset that we're not allowed to break the law enough? I think that, you know, uh, under the strict sense of how you're, uh, how you're defining this, you know, I mean, professional courtesy is a way to keep the axles greased and uh, things flowing interdepartment. That's you know? what gets business Listen, going when people are doing the payoffs in the background and it keeps the wheels of industry going. And Absolutely. I, I didn't realize Absolutely. that you were so pro-industry there, Josh. Absolutely. I'm very pro-industry. I'm a big industrialist myself. Don't you know that? Yeah. Worldwide. Uh, yeah. But it's the same thing when we do it. You know, it's the same problem when we're doing it and we expect to get away with violating the law. We should try to change the law or admit that we're, you know, being hypocritical about it or change our behavior to comply with the law. But if you get stopped by a cop for speeding and you say, hey, you give any kind of break to paramedics and the guy says, no, I don't, um, is that yeah, being persecuted? Yes. I personally think that. <laughs> really? Do you get any less dead if you get killed in a high-speed vehicle crash as a paramedic than as uh, somebody who's not? No, but you get 72 virgins. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I don't think they're giving me any. <laughs> The truth of the matter is, Tim, you have to sit back and say, would you really want that much, uh, that, that much uh, uh, aggravation at 72 virgins? I think I'd like to have a couple that have been around the block once or twice know what they're doing. <laughs> One isn't enough for you? Well, I'll just say, you know, if they're going to be rewards, I don't have to listen to the same one all the time, right? Uh-huh. Of course, when my wife hears this, I'm dead meat, but yeah. hey. Send pictures. <laughs> you know, I think the people in, uh, in the emergency service have a, have a sense of uh, expectation of professional courtesy. I will point out, since, since we're all doing this, how many of you have gone to a patient? Well, Tim doesn't. Okay. But, but he's, if he I didn't say I don't. Him. I said it's not right. Tim? Okay. Tim? Have you heard these words when yes. on an ambulance job? Hey, I'm on the job. Ness, no? Absolutely. Um, I Absolutely. probably and have I heard somebody say that, but 
And I tell them, I won't hold it against them, but I do the very best I can for everybody. I don't save anything for anybody who is a police officer, a firefighter, or an EMS. But there is an expectation that I've got something special that I've been holding right. back just for right. us. And it's usually, you know, when they walk in, you're treating a family member or you're treating grandma. Right. I've had it on transports where I'm taking somebody from one hospital to another and they say, hey, listen, I'm on the job. And it's like, um, well, yeah. that's great. Do you want to ride along with us? I mean, are you coming with grandma or are you just telling me that? And, uh, you know. I I agree, uh, Dave. I agree a hundred percent. When you're when you're you know, it's one thing to try us. to elicit you know a quote unquote a courtesy, which, as Tim so aptly pointed out, is a form of corruption. However, it's certainly one thing when it's already when it, beyond expected when it's already a part of you know the standard of care but a, a part of the way that you're going to act oh yes. because you're on the job i'm actually going to give your patient your your family member oxygen this time we you know built, we uh, have built in corruption uh, it, it's built into the system if an emt or a paramedic or a firefighter or a, or a police officer gets whacked by a car how many vehicles are going to be there how yeah. many just one ambulance. Uh, you think you're going to have one ambulance, one fire truck, one police car? You're going to have convergence. Yeah, absolutely. And is that a bad thing? It's having something special for a different group of people. And I like to say I have the best. I don't, you know, let, let, me, let me counter that, Dave, because when you're in the field and you're depending on you know, uh, having a certain amount of back and a certain amount of reaction, does it make you feel any less secure to know that there are people listening to the radio who will jump when, you know, it's you that needs that care, you know, to make sure that you get that care, you get that protection. You know, if you call an 85 or, or worse, a 13, that they're going to be overwhelming force coming in your direction. Or is it like, hey, you know, everybody's out here for themselves? Well, I'm going to reverse that and say to you, how do you feel about that when you got no juice? Uh, when, you're the, when you're the person uh, on the other side of town waiting for the ambulances, the police, and the firefighters, yeah, I, I, I agree. supported their brother or sister. I, I agree. I agree. There's an aspect of when you're outside the system that you can feel um, disenfranchised. Mm, okay. Okay? Yeah. But I, uh, there's a sophisticated word for you. But, I like it. But, Disenchanted and disenfranchised. Right. They alliterate. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, but what's your solution to that? I mean, can you truly treat everybody equal? Or should you, if you're putting your butt out in the field every single day, should you have a sense of security that when your time comes, that help will be there? You're asking me? I'm, yeah, I'm putting it I, out. I, I would like to think, Josh, that if you showed up, you would do the very best you could, and that's all I would need. If you needed more to help me, you would call for more. But having five ambulances respond to me is silly. It's silly. It doesn't help. It, I, I think it makes us look bad. Just, just saying. And I would say that, you know, I'm part of the situation. 
I've been in situations where somebody has, you know, uh, one, an MOS got hurt. And I work in an area where people don't really respect lights and sirens. People uh, don't respect traffic lights. I mean, you know, it's, it's one of those situations. And there was a run to the hospital, and we needed to make it balls to the walls. And, you know, guess what? Everybody, all those multiple units that responded, including RMPs, including cop cars, came up, drove ahead, said, where are you going? And there was one of those beautiful moments of coordination that you don't see very often, but people drove ahead and blocked off intersections so the ambulance could go through safely. Now, yeah, you know, it might have been... Yeah, but he wasn't talking I, about when the, the vehicles actually helped. He was talking about a bunch of vehicles no, but, that are there just to show up. But they wouldn't have been there had they not gone there to just show up, is what I'm saying. And I absolutely understand when you have somebody who trips and falls and hurts their knee and you have eight units show up, yeah, that's, you know, other than having some social commitment and some feeling of friends around, it really doesn't do you any better. You're not better off than if you had one unit show up or if your partner just drove you to the, uh, to the hospital, depending how hurt you are. I mean, you know, uh, people have gotten hurt, and then they call in, and you get somebody to pick up their patient, and then they make their own way to the hospital. Complicated. It is. It is. But it's. It, mm -hmm. I, I can't say that it's a blanket thing of, yeah, you don't want people responding when there's a call out over the radio. I, you know, personally, when I'm in the field, I'd rather have, I'd rather have the cavalry roll in and not need them than, you know, need them that one time and have them not roll in. Well, yeah. how is that any different for any other call? That's what I'm saying. Because it's a member of service, Tim. I mean, I think that there's, you know, if you want to call me guilty for treating the people who are work with you side by side at a higher priority, then I'm guilty of that. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. Let's ask everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is a I think when uh, you have a group uh, that is us and them, it uh, uh, leads to bad things for them. Uh, damn them. You know, what do we always say? What do we always say? Um, you know, it's your safety, your partner's safety, and if the patient luck is lucky, he's included or she's included. You yeah. do have to prioritize at times, but it's very rare. And but we have the opposite heard... problem. The people you are complaining about uh, commenting on blogs without having read the whole thing, when they're dealing with patients, are they also the ones who jump to the conclusion of, oh, this is just a nonsense call, this person is not an MOS, but a POS, and I'm going to treat them horribly because I can't. That's a, no, no. I, you know what? Those people, uh, those, but it's I'm not, I'm not in defense of those people, Tim, but if you heard, you know, another crew call down on radio that somebody had fallen down a flight of stairs or something, would you not go? Or would you hang back and see uh, if they called for another unit? You know, maybe this is a good topic to talk about on its own, maybe. Yeah, you know, that's sometimes what comes out of rapid fire, for sure, you know. But 
Yeah, yeah, man, we're, I think, well beyond an hour, and uh, yeah, we could just be warming up. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I welcome right. you back for that one, my friend, Tim. Well, guys, um, why don't we end it there, and um, be sure to go check out Tim, of course, over at roguemedic.com, um, and Josh is at wanted.com. I am at... Uh, but Tim has something more interesting to say than I I don't write about my wrenches. I just make them. No, you just made them. I write about them. You write about them. Yeah, I had to write about them when we started. All right. Um, so, uh, of course, uh, check the I show notes, guys. You wrote something about them, didn't you? I don't know. <laughs> um, go check the show notes. You can get everybody's links there. And, of course, the Twitter um, accounts as well. If you'd like to follow any of us on Twitter, we'll be there also. And... Uh, that's it. So, guys, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it, and uh, maybe we'll see everybody next week. It's Sounds great good. to be here, Jim. Thanks. All right, guys. All right, that's I it. I hope um, to be here. It depends on how busy we are. Yeah, I hope you can be here, too, Tim. It's always a great conversation. It's always good to have you in, Tim. You know, don't ever I, – I, do I have to even say this? Don't ever be shy, but certainly <laughs> I want to say – Me? Safe. Yeah, you. Me, shy? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I may blush, <laughs> but it's not because I'm shy. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that in our next episode yeah right <laughs> alright right, guys we'll see you uh, in the upcoming episode soon sounds good alright alright any comments questions concerns be sure to send over to mickjhoff at emsseo.com until next week as always Jim Hoff for emsseo.com stay safe